you have your Bibles, turn to First Peter. <clears throat> well, I had a you know media team and social media team ask me what I was preaching tonight, and I said I don't know. <laughs> that was that was earlier today, and then uh, a little later I said, well, I don't have a title, but um, um, but that's Holy Spirit. I'll tell you exactly actually what he what he told me. He goes, told me I want you to go to First Peter chapter one, John chapter one, and then I want you to teach line by line out of Romans chapter eight until I tell you to stop. Amen. So, so I that, that's so if you want to know what my notes are, that's what my notes are. <laughs> First Peter, chapter one. Thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you, Father. Mm. Annette, can you come here a second? Mm. Is, it, is it Alyssa? At least. Abigail, sorry, that's that's your mom. Can you hear me? Abigail, can you stand up? I just want you to just give her a hug. I just just give her a hug. <coughs> Hallelujah. Just stretch your hands. <coughs> Hallelujah. Mm. All like rain over her. Mm, thank you, Father. I don't want to say words that he hasn't given me, so. Mm, fall like rain. Only I think I sense is just a washing away. Every bit of hurt and loneliness. Yeah, I'll say that. planning new things. Abigail, I'm planning new things. I'm planning new things. But give me the dead things. And let me breathe new life over these new things. Let me water it.
my hope when I just follow the Lord, my hope is never to embarrass anyone. But I just have to trust the Lord. First Peter chapter one twenty two says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love, sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, a sincere heart, having been born again not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. You're born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. We're born again of incorruptible seed. Meaning, meaning, talking of this word, this word is incorruptible seed. Meaning it doesn't have a defect. Now, the word is incorruptible. It has no defect. And the beauty of it is that the incorruptible word has the capacity to change something that's corruptible. The incorruptible word has the ability to manifest on things that are corruptible and change them. How can I say that? I look at my life. Look at your life. You were dead in your sins and your trespasses. But yet the incorruptible word. You were born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed. Now think about if if... If the incorruptible seed could change my spiritual state and make me a new creation, what could the incorruptible do on anything else in the natural? Think about it. The incorruptible seed has created everything that we see. Hebrews 11 says, the worlds were framed by it. Born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. And its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. So all flesh is like grass. This, that's like, that's like grass. It's, 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 it's going gonna, it's gonna to die. Believe, you know, believe for the 120. But I'm saying eventually all flesh is as grass. It's, it's, it's going to wear out. And then it says, in the glory of man. Meaning the things that man produces, the things that man can do in the natural is like the flower that's planted in the grass. So I don't know exactly where I'm going yet, (laughs) 
But I do know this, that let's make a decision to live out of the eternal and in the eternal instead of living out of our flesh. Let's live as if we are already seated in heaven because you are. This word lives and abides forever. Now, this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Verse 25 again says, but the word, this word word here is rhema, but the rhema of the Lord endures forever. It's the word that is alive. It's the word that quickens. It's the word that came directly from God to us into your heart that endures forever. That means when you get a rhema from God and and the Lord reveals something to you, no one can take it from you. Why? Because it's rhema to you. Someone would try to tell you, oh, well, this, this is happening. Well, this happens to me. Well, this is my experience. It doesn't matter about your experience. This is what's real to me. This is what's living to me. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now, this is the rhema which by the gospel was preached to you. Now think about it. Now, now we preach what? The word. The gospel is a message, good news declared. So now this is the rhema, which by the gospel was preached to you, meaning when the gospel was preached to them, Phelan, rhema came. When the gospel was preached, when, when the logos was preached, rhema came. And that, that raiment that came is all of a sudden now incorruptible. The only thing the enemy has the ability to do now is to steal it from you. Or you let it go by the wayside. Now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. So you've received a rhema, but wait a minute, you've got this rhema, but how come you're still living in anger? How come you're still living in malice? How come you're still talking bad about each other? How come you're still speaking things that are contrary to God's word? You've, you've received this rhema, but what you're, 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 you're not speaking the rhema. You're not living the rhema. You're letting things go. So lay aside these things. And then what? As newborn babes desire the pure milk. Amplified, I believe, says sincere milk of the word that you may grow. That you may grow. That you may grow. I I don't know about you. I want to grow. How about you? I want to grow. That means you got to continue to allow the incorruptible word come into your life and, and grow. It doesn't say you are a baby. You're like, oh, well, you know, I've been born again for, I've been born again for 30 years. No, it's telling us, it's an analogy. It's telling us as a newborn babe. Well, I'm not a babe. No, you need to have a hunger for the word. Like a baby has a hunger for milk. Have you lost your hunger for the word? 
Maybe on Sunday in the future as we go, I might deal with that at some aspect. And that's not my necessarily assignment, but at least I don't think it is. <laughs> it's like having this hunger for the Word. Having this hunger for the Word. This incorruptible Word. The Gospel. The Logos that produces the Rhema. And let's go to John 1. John 1. John 1, verse 1. I love the Word of God. How about you? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning. So if the Word was with God and the Word was God, He was in the beginning with God. We could say the Word was in the beginning. The Word was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. So all things were made through the Word. And without the Word, without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him. But He's the Word, right? In Him, in the Word was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light in him was life, and that life was the light of men. So if he's the word, which is life, so then the word that's life is also light. So that means the light is the word. And the light shines, so the word shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. The darkness couldn't overpower it, a better translation. The light. So there's a connection between the word, him, he, light, and life, but all of them come back to the word. Verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light or the word, that all through that All through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Now, listen, but as many as received him, or you could say as many as receive light, to many as receive life, or you could say, but as many as receive the word, to them he gave the right, better translated, the privilege. He gave the privilege to become children of God. I think King James says sons of God. Amplified, amplified, I believe, says sons of God. So here, the word, and to them he gave the right to become sons of God. Now this is, to those who believed in his name. Did you believe in his name? 
So it's to those that, that receive the word. And it's also to those that believe in his name that he's given them the right and the privilege to be sons of God. To be children of God. Man, so when you receive the incorruptible word, he, you have to understand he gave you the right and the privilege to be a son of God. A child of God. See, live and understand that you are a child of God. Not a, chi- not, not a product of your past. You are a son of God. Not a product of what someone else did to you. A son of God. Then he says this. It says, to those who believe in his name. Now listen, who were born not of the blood nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man. Why does he make this statement? One, he was saying, you were made a child of God, not because of blood. Meaning it doesn't have to do with your natural lineage. It doesn't have to do with your skin color. It doesn't have to do with your family, where you came from. It doesn't have to do with, with whether, you're, whether you're Jewish or you're not Jewish. Doesn't matter. He said, I mean, you're a child of God, not because of blood. Then he was saying, you're not a child of God because of the will of the flesh. Meaning there's, you couldn't, you couldn't do anything to earn this. There's nothing that you could do to make this happen. But he said, what? It's because of the will of God. The will of God. Man, so Vic, the incorruptible word of God that lives and abides forever, made me a son of God. The word that came from the beginning, the word that was decreed from the beginning, the declarations about Jesus coming on the scene had everything to do with me being a son of God. The reason we have the word of God today is because God wanted you and I to know that we are his children and we are part of his family. But what he does not want you to do is, is he wants you to lay aside things. He wants you to lay aside the evil speaking. He wants you to lay aside the hypocrisy, lay aside these things. And as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you can grow, grow into what? Grow into your true identity of who you are. Now let's go to Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation. Man, no condemnation. To those... Now think about it. People people just stop there. There's no condemnation. We keep reading. To those who are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation is a confidence killer. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Because I'm in Christ Jesus, condemnation 
should not be a part of my life. Why? Because I'm a son of God. And I've been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And this is another people don't, don't understand either. Who do not walk according to the flesh. So let, let, me, let me make this statement. If you walk according to the flesh, you're going to walk in condemnation. If you're walking after what your flesh wants, your conscience is not going to let you be okay with it. People have a hard time understanding the difference between the conscience and the spirit. I don't have time to break all those down tonight. But here we have to understand that that condemnation does not belong in the life of a believer. So I have to ask myself, if I am walking in condemnation, it's either one or two things. I'm not born again or I'm walking after my flesh. That's what tells us there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who don't walk according to the flesh. So if I do what this tells me to do, my spirit man on the inside of me is going to say, hey, is, I, call, I call it a little, little scratch. You're like, hmm, Justin. You know, it's, it's just the simple things. You know, um, for instance, we, we were doing some uh, purchase, we went to buy a lot of shrubs and flowers and things like that over the last couple of days, getting things ready for spring. And, and, and so we went to this, uh, we went to Callaway's and we were purchasing these shrubs and we had a certain number that we, we had bought and, um, and, and that I had paid for. And, and uh, we get back here and, and I realized, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, we paid for this amount. But there's six more. We have, we, have, we have six more than what we paid for. Now, my flesh wanted to say, man, I'm busy. I've got stuff to do. Uh, there's, there's places I've got to go. There's appointments I need to keep. But the Lord says, what is integrity? So what, what, you know, so if I was just doing what my flesh wanted to do, and like, okay, I'll, I'll do it next week. I'll do it later this week. I'll go back and take care of it. And, and, and no, 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 you need to take care of it now. I, I went back to, to Callaway's and they were like, thank you for being an honest person. I'm like, well, I wouldn't have been able to sleep if I didn't. <laughs> Why? Because all of a sudden there's gonna, my flesh is going to be like, like um, Justin, come on. Amen. Come on, Justin. Now, what I've recognized in my life earlier in my, in my Christian walk, I, would, I would, uh, was born again and, 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 and living for God. But yet, if I did things that I, that I wasn't supposed to do, what? There, there's, some, there's something there. Hey, hey, Justin, this like a little correction. Like, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, and then and, and just ignore it and then ignore it. And all of a sudden, that little voice on the here gets like, goes from loud to not as loud to not as loud to... Not as loud, not as loud, to a whisper. But I'm just saying, this is how, how, how we, we need to understand about who we are as children of God. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now listen to this, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. 
Wow. Now, I'm not necessarily, I don't think I'm, I may expound on every verse, but, but just let the word, let, receive the word. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus has made you free. You do not have to follow what your flesh wants. Your spirit man on the inside of you is stronger than your flesh. You just need to realize it. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on the account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. How are you walking? Verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh, they set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. What outcomes do we want in our lives? What, What do we want our end results to be? How do we want the current situation we're facing to to turn? For those who live according to the flesh... They set their mind on the things of the flesh. Where's your mind set? But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I mean, think about it. If If you're not experiencing life and peace... It's mean our minds are set on the wrong things. The spirit-minded, to be spiritually minded, is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Wow. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Cannot please God. Verse 9, but you. I love this. But you are not in the flesh. You're not in the flesh. But in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body. He gives life to your mortal body. Not your heavenly body. He gives life to your mortal body. Through his spirit who dwells in you. Verse 12. Therefore, because of this, because of this spirit that dwells in you, you, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. You do not owe your flesh anything. 
The only thing my flesh did was get me in trouble. Whether it was whether it was anger, whether it was uh, talking when I shouldn't, whether it was uh, conversations I should have stayed away from, whether it was relationships I should have stayed from, I'm not a debtor to my flesh. Therefore, brethren, we are not we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the spirit. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit. You put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Wow. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. See, the Word is what made you a child of God. By the will of God. But what causes you to walk as a son of God is the spirit, is the spirit. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Hallelujah. Mm. Just just say bondages, get off me. (laughs) Say fear, get off me. Because we did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you received the spirit of adoption by, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. I think the Amplified says this, my father, and he says this, my dear father. It's personal. It's intimate. You receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, My father, my dear father. Wow. Hallelujah. See, your mind is not what tells you you're a child of God. Because one day you may feel like a son of God and the next day not feel like a son of God. Your emotions don't determine whether you're a son of God or not. Your past doesn't determine whether you're a son of God or not. Your mistakes don't determine whether you're a son of God or not. No, I've received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out. I mean, it's, it's here. There's this. Because then it says this. It says, the spirit of himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. Corky... My spirit bears witness with his spirit that I'm a child of God. Now, my mind might try to talk me out of that. Whatever I might be facing may try to talk me out of that. And it's like, oh, see, God doesn't love you or God doesn't care about you. And you're really because of what you did in the past. It it doesn't matter because because, you know, you're really not not a son of God. And, And your mind's telling you that. But yet down on the inside, you're like, no, I know, but. But I, I'm his. I'm his. And you have to get to the point where, where that becomes a rhema on the inside of you. That you are his. And his spirit bears witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. Heaven's, heaven is communicating with my spirit man. And it is dictating, determining, and telling me who I am. 
See, the, the confusion that are, that's happening in society today about, about different genders and sex and all these different things is because why? They're trying to determine something up here. And the thing is, is you can only make decisions based on information you've received up here. Based on your experience, based on what other people think or what other people say. But when I can truly understand that, wait a minute, wait a minute. His spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. You're standing before, be, before a temptation or you're standing before the, these different opportunities that you know aren't the right direction. Just, just pause for a minute and, and, and tap in to, to the spirit of God on the inside of you and say, no, his spirit bears witness with my spirit that I am a son of God. No, I don't have to do this to be able to sleep at night. No, I don't have to do this to, to, to obtain this or obtain that. No, his spirit bears witness with my spirit that I am a child of God. There's too many heady Christians living out of their head. There's too many heady churches and ministers that preach to the soul of people instead of preaching to the spirit of a man and the spirit of a man will then direct the soul of a man. If all you do is preach to the soul of a man, then all, all that's gonna happen is the soul will continue to lead the man. But when you preach the spirit of a man, then the spirit of a man now controls the soul of a man. And this is how we need to be hungry to live. The spirit of himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now listen to this. And if children, then heirs. Wow. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Wow. Think about that. I'm an heir. I'm an heir. That means if I'm an heir, I have an inheritance. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs. I think it's Ephesians chapter 1, maybe verse 9 or 10 or so, where it says that his, the Holy Spirit is the guarantee. What does, that, what does that mean? The Holy Spirit is the stamp. You, you know, you ever get, you know, you ever buy a piece of clothing and you put your hand in the, in the pocket and you pull it, it has a little square and it will say inspected by number 33. I, I want you to know that, that, that you've been inspected. I, I want you to know that that's, that's, is a guarantee. It's a stamp. You know, you know, it's like if you have a, um, you know, everyone knows a polo shirt. Now it's interesting that, that any shirt, I have one, I have one earlier. So it's like, I don't have it on anymore, but but it's like you have a collar shirt like Vic. You know, we call them polos. But the thing is, is it, it's not a, necessarily a polo. Why? Because it, it doesn't have a little horse on it. It doesn't have the horse. Nothing wrong with, with have not having a horse or not having a horse. The issue is that you know that one is a polo shirt because it's got the horse. 
So it's the same thing. The Holy Spirit is the identification upon our lives that, that bear witness that we are the children of God. And I'm telling you, he is so much more than Ralph Lauren. He's so much more, so much more, so much greater. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. And if children, then heirs, I have, I have big things in me. You have inheritance You have the exceeding greatness of his power. You have wisdom. The wisdom that he's laid up, not from us, but for us. This is, these are, this is the, this is the, the inheritance that we have on the inside of us. That his spirit is bearing witness with my spirit. And it's out of the spirit that I tap into everything the kingdom of God has. And if, if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. What is the suffering? A lot of people don't want to, want to crawl, you know, just go over that scripture. I like the air part, but I'm not sure about in the suffering part. I'm not sure about the suffering. You know, because religion has taught the suffering part is, is, but the suffering part, just without elaborating too much, the suffering part is, what was Jesus's suffering? Hebrews, I believe Hebrews tells us that he learned obedience through the things he suffered. What is our suffering as children of God? What is our suffering as, as heirs? Now, you know, we could say persecution. That'd be true, right? Persecution because we're children of God. But the suffering comes down to the obedience. The suffering that Christ experienced. Indeed, if we suffer with him. Meaning meaning that he still had to operate as a son of God as he walked the earth. And still fulfilled his assignment. So we as sons of God have the ability to walk and align ourselves. Jesus had to to tap into not his flesh but into the the heaven's voice. God's voice. What God showed him. What God revealed to him. That was his suffering. If indeed we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. Verse 18, for I consider that the suffering of this present time, I love this, for I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy, not worthy. What you're facing, the persecution, the things that are in the earth, the things that are happening to you, the things that are coming against you. The things that you're, sta- you're, you're having to be obedient in, the sufferings of this, this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. <laughs> meaning, meaning you following the spirit instead of your flesh cannot be compared. 
if, if I continue to follow the spirit instead of my flesh, it cannot be compared. The glory cannot be compared. It's not worthy to be compared. Me, there is no competition. There's no competition. It cannot be compared with the glory that should be revealed in us, in us. Hallelujah. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Hallelujah. For the earnest, for the earnest expectation of the creation. What is he saying there? For the earnest expectation of the creation. He's talking about the earth. Creation is waiting. Creation is waiting for you to show up. Creation is, humanity is waiting for you to realize who you are. Our world is waiting for us to walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly awaits the revealing of the sons of God. The earth is waiting. The earth is waiting. The earth is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption unto the glorious liberty of the children of God. Wow. The glorious liberty of the children of God. The glorious liberty for creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Wow. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even ourselves, grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption and the redemption of our body. What does that mean? Hey, I'm not waiting to be a son of God. I'm waiting for a, a new body. I'm, I'm waiting... I'm waiting for a new body. A body that doesn't decay. A resurrected body. The same body that Jesus operated in when he walked after after he was crucified and walked among the disciples. But most of us aren't eagerly awaiting it because we don't realize it's for us. Because we're too busy with this, too busy with flesh, and not stepping into who we are. We are sons of God. Twenty-four, for we were saved in this hope. We were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. 
For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now that's where we talk about praying in the Holy Ghost. And when you don't know how to pray, we pray in tongues and we pray according to the perfect will of God. Verse 28, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined. To whom he conformed to the image of his son. Man, think about that. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, then he also called. Whom he called, he also justified. Whom he justified, these he also glorified. That's us. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Wow. Some of you need to shout better than that for that. He did not spare his own son, but delivered up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If he did not withhold Jesus... He's not withholding anything. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Verse 33. Whom shall bring a charge against God's elect? (laughs) I love that. Who? Who should bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. I mean, you worry about yourself, not other people. It is God who justifies. It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Now think about that. The Holy Spirit is interceding for us, praying through us the perfect will of God, Now we also have Jesus interceding for us. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, famine, nakedness, peril or sword? As is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we're more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors through him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What does he mean? As is written, for your sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. I mean, we could look at this number of ways. One, dying to self every day. We could look at it this way, that his life is not about his self. His life is not about his own. But his life is about God's purpose. Yet in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. Verse 38, for I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, 
nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth. Wow. Man, I'm telling you, we have to get our eyes off what happens in the news, what happens in the media. Even, even, even good Christian political things, you, you don't need to overdose on it. You don't need to overdose on it. If you're listening to more political radio than you are to preaching, you need to stop. Yeah, be educated. Find out what's going on. Find out who said this or what, whatever. That's between you and Jesus. Yeah, we need to be in the know. Yes, we need to know different things that are happening and take place. I, I do those things. But if you're not cautious, what happens is then all of a sudden you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be over here in fear. You're going to be over here in anger of... Did you hear what they, did you see what they did? Did you see what that happened? Did you, and you're all in here, but what does it say? I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. For neither height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, I I believe in my heart, I, I believe I was obedient to do what you asked me to do tonight. I thank you, Lord, that every part of this message in some capacity hit each one of us in a special way exactly what we, where we needed it. Lord, in these last days, where we know Paul said in perilous times, Lord, help us to be God-inside-minded. Help us to live spirit-minded, not flesh-minded. Help us not to be moved to the left hand or the right, but help us to be focused and centered in who we are in you, in your word, and led by your spirit. Lord, continue to unpack and unfold this whole understanding, Lord, that we are sons of God. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you receive the word tonight? Amen. Amen. Joseph.